Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And today, I hope people who listen to Lydia Yoon music hear this. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And today, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, Lydia Yoon's <laughs> Hamunim? <laughs> no! <laughs> Miss Lydia Yoon, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, thank you so much for coming. Um, My pleasure. Your whole family came. They're they're hanging out downstairs watching yes. Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, before we we get into the, because you you are obviously a very talented musician. So um, I was thinking we would talk about that. But before we get into that, can we talk about other aspects of your life? Yes, like who you are, what you do. I alluded to the fact that you are a Samonim, and mm-hmm. for those of you who are not Korean, that means a. Uh, that's like a designation, a title for mm-hmm. a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so give, yes. give us a brief intro. Right. Um, I was born and raised in New York, Queens. Um, started off in Flushing and then moved up to Bayside. Mm. Um, pretty much was there all my life until, uh, let's see, we, my husband and I, John and I, we met. Well, I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy to me. <laughs> but um, yeah, we got married probably six and a half years into our relationship. And then um, so I think you guys met like... when you were a senior in high school. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you guys are high school sweethearts. Mm, kind of. Well, cause since he was in college. He was, uh, right. Yeah. Gotcha. So we met. Um, yeah. But then let's see. After what was it we got married and then maybe a few years in then we moved to kansas city where we were missionaries and then then we moved here Mm. and we are now back in the korean church pastoring Mm. and yeah i don't know what else to say (laughs) so when you say you're back in the korean church Mm -hmm. in new york were you was john a pastor of a korean church while you guys were living in new york yeah so um we were both born and raised in the Korean church. John is an elder's child. I'm a pastor's child. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we were very both, uh, you know, pr- pretty typical stories. I was more on the good side of things. John more <laughs> on the bad side of things, uh-huh. you know. Um, the first son, I'm the first son and he's the prodigal son. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, or first daughter. I don't know how that works. Right. Okay. In the story. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think we were, so we were, married and then we were serving at my dad's church and then his home church at the same time oh wow for a year and then we moved officially into his church uh-huh. where john was pastoring uh, a college ministry and then eventually the whole em mm-hmm. and then we were called out yeah into the world of missions which was through ywam youth mm-hmm. with a mission and that's like you know not just korean right so that was the first time i felt like I'm a free bird, you know, <laughs> I get to um, kind of go after what I'm what I'm ca- passionate about right. without the com- confines of like what Korean church, you know, typically is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was really um, excited for that. And it was it was pretty exciting. But uh-huh. then it was actually really eye opening to see a lot of the same issues still uh-huh. <laughs> prevalent, right. you know, in in like organizations, mm-hmm. you know, just communities in general right so um korean church never 
really left us. Gotcha. Yeah. There's actually uh, several things I want to unpack about what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. First question I want to mm-hmm. ask is, so you, you were saying that you guys served at two different churches simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that work out just logistically? Um, so Sunday morning, um, oh, it worked because, so we would serve the 11 o'clock service at my father's church mm-hmm. where I led worship and then direct tra- translated for my dad, um, wow. from Korean to English. And then, um, and John was also doing like children's ministry at the same time mm-hmm. during that service, the 11 o'clock service. And then after we ate lunch real quick, we would drive over to John's church mm. and um, the EM service at that time, I think it was like one thirty. I see. So it like time wise, it still worked, but right. it was definitely packed out. Yeah. Wow. And, and just, just for those of you who don't know, uh, EM stands for English ministry. Right. And typically it's any, well, I don't know if was this the case at your church? Was it just anyone who was an English speaking person above college age? Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you guys did that for a while and then you guys officially transitioned uh, full-time to John's home church? Yes. And then what was the uh, reasoning for, or what was kind of the, the, the start of why you guys started thinking about moving to Kansas City? Um, what triggered it? Actually, that came really kind of um, almost spontaneously mm. because uh, so we had received the call to missions as a family Mm. and so we were planning to move out to haiti for a number of years maybe like anywhere from like three to five years was our plan Uh and then we when we stepped down from the position at john's church that was like the end of the year i don't remember what year it was probably 2016 ish or 17 i'm not sure um (laughs) but uh that was when uh we were supposed to go to haiti like in in the middle of the year the middle of the next year Mm -hmm. and so we had this like six month period that was opened and um john was praying into just like any opportunity to you know be trained Mm -hmm. for the field and all that and that's when ywam came about through a close friend who was a director Mm -hmm. at the base at that time and um yeah and so we just kind of like it, he said he was literally scrolling through Facebook mm-hmm. and it was uh, he saw a post of him saying that they were offering uh, free tuition DTS, which is Discipleship Training School. That's wow. their six month uh-huh. training program. And so it's like just perfect. You uh-huh. know, so we ended up going um, and then we finished our school six months Went you know, two months in India, came back and then um, and then come to find our plans for Haiti kind of fell through because mm. of all these different situations that happened. I actually got pregnant in India oh, okay. <laughs> with Dasa, uh-huh. my second. Um, so that, that just, stu- that just made things complicated. I see. Um, and so we ended up just, you know, doing more fundraising and then ca- coming back to the Kansas city base to mm-hmm. staff where we staffed for like three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the three and a half years, you mm-hmm. guys, that's when you guys moved to Atlanta, right? Right. So, okay, you mentioned, because in New York, when you guys were thinking about going on missions, you wanted to go as a family. And at that time, Mm -hmm. was Addie born? Addie Addie was born, yes. Mm. Yes, so when we went for our DTS, Addie was, I believe, 18 months old. Yeah. So the whole Haiti mission vision included... The fact that Addie was going to be there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, before we get any further, let's, can you just introduce your daughters for us? Or oh, not introduce, yes. but talk about 
Her daughters? Yeah. Yes. Um, my first child, Adeline, we call Addie. Uh, she is seven years old, mm. um, loves to read. She's in the middle of her fourth Harry Potter book. Wow. <laughs> yeah, just in the past month, she's just eaten all of those up. Um, Dasa, our special child, <laughs> <laughs> our uh, favorite introvert of the three. Um, she is turning five in January. Mm, wow. Um, and then Maya, she is 17 months and change now. Mm. Um, our brave warrior. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that's the three of them. It's I, I homeschool them. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really fun. Actually, I, I, I enjoy it and I'm thankful for the opportunity, you know, to get mm-hmm. to do that with my kids. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you know, having the means to do it even. Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> so Addie was born in New York, Dasa. By the way, that's short for Hadassah, right? Yes. Which is the Hebrew for Esther? Uh, or... It was Esther's Hebrew name. Right, right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maya mm-hmm. is born in Atlanta. Yeah. So did you guys plan that or how no. did that <laughs> not at all. I think it's to... just it's, it just happened oh. that way. But I think it's really special yeah. for me because like each child really d- does encompass like th- that season mm. for e- for our family. Mm-hmm. And um I love the way that especially their middle names actually really are significant mm-hmm. in in representing like that theme of life for us. So Addie um, her middle name is Jubilee, mm-hmm. which which is like redemption. Um, and then Dasa's Joy, that was Kansas City, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Maya is Zoe, which is you know fullness of life. Mm. Um, and I really believe we're stepping into that as a family. Oh wow! Yeah. So wow. That's so, it. and you also are because of the fact that you're married to John, mm-hmm. who is a pastor. Mm-hmm. He is uh, EM pastor right now at. GCC, right? Yes. Grace Community Church? Yes. Yeah. So you do you do anything as a pastor's wife within his ministry or that ministry? Um, everything he does, <laughs> I do with him. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we're just, I think we're just that kind of couple. Mm-hmm. We just do everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just better, I think, that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, he's even given me opportunities to speak. He'll ask me, um like every month or so um to share to, to he he would ask if i have like a message on my heart to share oh, wow. and then if i do then he'll give me the opening to do so wow. um and then i lead worship on sundays mm-hmm. um trying to you know help train our our current worship team um members who are both em and um and youth students mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, and then you know we do live together with our our members. Yeah. And you <laughs> yeah. guys have like a well for your church, don't you guys like uh, invite everyone over on Wednesdays? Yeah, we just... have open houses. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so then I I just have to ask, being a mother of three, mm-hmm. um, and homeschooling all those kids, and doing full time ministry with your husband, how do you find time to do music? Because. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, you recently released a new song called "심장이 mm-hmm. 말한다면," um, and that, that's uh, in English. It means if if my heart could speak. Yes, right? mm-hmm. it's a beautiful song about. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll let you talk about it later. But mm-hmm. um, th- that's not your only song you've released. You mm-hmm. released kind of a mini album before. Um, you, by my count, you have eight songs on Spotify. Is that right? Five and two. I or think seven. seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how? 
how do you find time to do anything? <laughs> mm, man, I don't know. Like, it's interesting because I feel like I'm always scrambling for time and I don't have enough time, but somehow it just gets done. I think because I've done each of these songs or projects just one step at a time, mm. not even like aiming for anything, mm. to be honest. Mm. Um, I it would just kind of go on a whim like for even for um together the ep i thought i didn't think it would get on spotify like i didn't I, although john as my manager and my uh -huh. husband like he's so good at that stuff i'm sure he always had that in mind uh -huh. but for me it was like yeah like well because our friend david you know he always had a heart to grow in production mm -hmm. and and things like that so we're like oh yeah let's just do this for fun almost like shout out to david kim yeah, yeah. david <laughs> um yeah so we uh, for me in my heart i started just kind of like to for the sake of starting something mm. for the sake of of even like practice or i don't know being productive in that sense and mm. and like i finally came to a place where i was like okay i can't i can't just bury my talents like i have to do something with it mm. and so it was just like putting my foot in the water but it ended up being what it was right. and i was like okay this is kind of cool yeah and yeah it just kind of happened and then um i guess the other two songs were a little bit more intentional but even for the t the um the other single anchor mm -hmm. that came out that happened like kind of on the whim too shout out to my friend steve oh, wow. <laughs> steven um it was like right after a conference we led in new york mm -hmm. and he was like do you have a song you want to record um like that that's like really simple and we did it in like half an hour after the conference ended wow. and like two hours before we had to fly out <laughs> and then he did everything and it just kind of happened oh okay it just came together so i don't know i've just been blessed maybe wow. so, <laughs> but i think i do need to own it a little bit more mm. and actually aim for stuff mm. <laughs> i think up till now it's been like grace just mm. kind of like okay yeah let it flow yeah. you know but i do want to be more intentional about yeah. aiming for these goals and you know Gotcha. So, yes. so far, mm -hmm. you weren't really like, because I, I was wondering if you had like day, like time throughout the day where you mm -hmm. intentionally set aside for, okay, this is going to be for music. Mm -hmm. Or if you had timelines that you set to do these things. Right. But you're, you're saying that you didn't really have any of those. So, I've tried mm -hmm. and I failed miserably <laughs> um, many, 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 many times. And mm -hmm. I keep coming back to the drawing board. I keep coming back to that schedule that I write for myself, which mm -hmm. is great. You know, I think it's still like it's a learning progress for me too. Mm -hmm. um, but I think at, up to this point, any of the fruit has not been because I, I like like set it and then got it done mm. you know it was more like in the midst of failing all those expectations or failing those goals for myself mm -hmm. that it somehow still ended up working out wow that's <laughs> awesome yeah it really is <laughs> it really is yeah yes. and, and you, it sounds like you had a lot of people around you that supported you namely your your husband john yes. mm -hmm. uh, david kim your mm -hmm. friend steven mm -hmm. people and in, in actually we'll get to that but in that song that we just talked about mm -hmm. the heart could speak your sister-in-law yes and she also added that sweet cello yeah and yeah. she's an amazing cellist yeah. um uh, she just actually recently got back from a classical missions oh, wow. tour that was like i forget maybe europe and hawaii 
she went to. Wow. Um, but like, yeah, she loves, I mean, she just does it really well. First mm. of all, she's a professional. <laughs> mm. um, and But then like she loves using it for, you know, the Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it was just perfect the way that it, and we got to play a number of times actually when we've been together at churches and such. And it was like okay. really special. Mm. And the fact that, you know, we're family, mm. you know, it was, it was just really perfect. And yeah. she's a mom also, like a new mom. Mm. Her, I forget how old Phoebe is. Probably not uh, just over a year. Mm. So, um, she did it at her house too. She recorded it. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that so track. That kind of blows my mind. How yeah. you listen to a song and you think I just picture you guys all in the room together, uh -huh. you singing, playing piano, and right, some right. of the background playing. But you weren't even in the same room, right? No, you guys, oh, that's not so cool. not even in the same state. So <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So then, yeah. Before we get into the details of kind of your music uh, making process, mm -hmm. can you just talk to us a little bit about how you came to love music and, mm. and be so good at it? Mm. Um, definitely church. Mm. Um, my dad and mom are not like professional musicians, but my dad um, led worship for our small church, our home church, you know, growing up. And wow. so, um, and then he uh, had me play like um, accompaniment on the keys since mm. I was in the fourth grade. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I... I, did, I do remember that I started piano because I wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, I hated piano lessons, though. I didn't have the best teachers. Mm. Um, but when I, when I, I think, was introduced to, like, the, the, the world of chords <laughs> right. and the fact that, like, I can make my own things, right. you know, and um, that it can sound nice, mm -hmm. um, that's when I think, yeah, I started to enjoy it more. And then I... I, I initially really enjoyed playing for church you know mm. fourth grade right right <laughs> um yeah i i realized that i wasn't doing my father a favor he was doing me a favor by wow. the way it sounded at that point it was right. just dang 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 <laughs> you know um yeah so i think because i was constantly needing to play wednesdays wednesday services friday services saturday services because we had youth um meetings and all mm -hmm. and then sunday services so like even if i wasn't practicing i was like constantly playing and practicing mm, wow. um and so it yeah it stuck with me i stopped lessons pretty early on though um i think probably till like fourth fourth grade or mm -hmm. sixth grade i don't know those are two odd numbers but um yeah i think i stopped official lessons at that time but the world of um just you know like making my own, my own music mm -hmm. was um opened up to me through just you know playing playing along and right. doing that so that was always an outlet for me wow yeah being an introvert and <laughs> <laughs> you know not having words but like getting to sit at the piano and just you know it would be my time with with god mm. and um even if it wasn't with god it was just like my emotional outlet in right. a sense so um yeah that's how it started. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I know the you play the piano. Mm -hmm. you, I know that you play the band. No, not the banjo, the ukulele. Mm -hmm. um, is, are there any other instruments that you play? I play a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, that's, yeah, those are my mains. Because yeah, uh, you actually play, because 
I know in your songs, there's one song where you play the ukulele as mm-hmm. you're singing. Yeah. There's several songs where you're playing the piano. Mm. Um, are there any other instruments that you play in your songs? No, as, those are, yeah. Those those are are the the, yeah. How did you get into playing the ukulele? Um, I actually picked it up in my last mission trip. Um, that was, what year was that? Oh gosh, I'm so bad with dates. <laughs> How long has it been? Three years ago? Wow, so it's recent. Yeah, because like, there's nothing portable about a keyboard and mm, piano, right. you know. So I just wanted to carry something. To we were going to the Caribbean islands, mm-hmm. um, Saint Lucia and Grenada, and so I picked it up. And it was like I I, I know some guitar, mm-hmm. so it was like in terms of like holding the strings and holding chords, I had that in me already. And mm-hmm. so just it was just just a matter of looking up what the chords were. Wow, and then. Um, yeah, I just love the sound of it, yeah. and just it's just really easy to carry around. And wow, I, I would have never guessed it was so recent that you picked it yeah. up. Wow! So mm-hmm. you, you started piano fourth grade. Mm-hmm. You, you started the ukulele three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you get into actually singing? Because mm, singing, let's see. Uh, I think I started leading worship in high school. Mm. Um, and so that was probably the main thing mm. for me too. Mm. And so, um, honestly, like outside of worship within church confines, music is still very new to me. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that or mm-hmm. don't expect that, but I still feel like I'm such a newbie <laughs> in terms of like what, um, a musician or, an artist is supposed to look like i'm still on my journey of growing Uh and um yeah i don't know what it takes really and i'm just kind of like learning on 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 my way (laughs) that sounds so odd to me really i know it's so i mean all the maybe i should have put up a front and be like i know what i'm talking (laughs) about but i really don't (laughs) that's just yeah oh wow okay so did you did you get any like professional training or I guess, is that the right term, professional training? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I took some, like, vocal lessons when I was in junior high. Mm. (laughs) That's about it, though. I think everything else was just literally just worship leading Mm. and, you know, just being doing it, like, all the time. Mm. Um, Learned my own ways to do things Mm -hmm. in a certain way. Um, Yeah. Okay, then. Okay, so I'm just trying to draw a timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, piano, fourth grade, ukulele, three years ago. Singing in junior high, high school-ish. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The, when did you start actually writing your own music? Mm, man, that's a good... Oh, I'm so bad with, like, <laughs> recall and, like, time. Um, I do remember writing in high school. Mm. Oh, yeah, wow. mm-hmm. yeah, and I I always loved like even like poems and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like I one one of my other outlets are like you know jour- journaling and things like that. So I think <laughs> actually yeah, I journaled all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to throw away <laughs> uh, some earlier ones uh-huh. because I realized I had a potty mouth. <laughs> like I was shocked. I had to throw them away. Like in elementary school oh. and like junior high. Uh-huh. I'm like, wow, you had some issues. But um but yeah, I mean like I would write poems and things like that. And so it's just a matter of, you know, putting melody to it sometimes. I see. So th- um, did you get into the lyrical writing before you got into the melodic writing of music no i think both of them were there but they were separate ah. and so i would write poems mm-hmm. and then i would like 
like I was I would always play with melodies mm. but not thinking like I was going to write a song that those two only came together probably in my early high school years I see starting then yeah so then how old were you when you wrote your first song that you can remember that that had both the the melody and the the lyrics to it mm, could have been I, it's so hard to remember how old I was. I'm just going to say um, ninth grade. Ninth grade, wow. Okay. Yeah, I think so. And, and then when was the, what was the first song that you kind of officially released into the internet? Into the internet? Or into to the public? Um, what was I on first? It was SoundCloud. What was there? Um, oh, SoundCloud. Uh, what was there? What was the... I... I, Man, this is so bad. Uh, it might have been Mama. Oh, okay. I feel like because that was the first time that I had written with... For the purpose of others to hear it. Mm. Um, and that was really special. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if we want to go into that. Yeah, yeah, But, um, it was like I had... This was when I had Addie and Dasa in Kansas City. And, man, those days were rough. Mm. You know, Dasa was like... she was probably a newborn yeah infant and just Addie was really difficult you know all around mm -hmm. and so that transition was really hard and um yeah I just remember like wondering first I was like really down and about for myself mm. but then I'm like no but I'm so blessed I have a husband you know who's here for me mm. and I have a community I can reach out and people will help and then I just got got really sad for um you know, like other moms that don't even have what I had. Wow. And so I got desperate. I was like, God, like, what can I do? Like, I just want to be able to reach out and and um, help people. Like, what can I do? And mm. I felt like he was telling me, like, what's in your hand kind of deal, you mm, know? Right. And I'm like, I don't know, I guess music. Uh -huh. And I sat down and I literally wrote everything. Like, this was the first time that Addie and Dasa had napped uh, together. Oh, wow. And it was a, a miraculous three and a half hours. <laughs> Oh, wow. Of the two babies sleeping. And uh -huh. in that time, I wrote the whole thing. I recorded the whole thing. And wow. yeah, wow. That, that was like definitely something supernatural. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't for me. Okay. So then it, it sounds like uh, kind of the pieces that, that you have right now in your musical arsenal, mm -hmm. you kind of picked up at, like along the way. It wasn't something that you had from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And it, it took you a while from fourth grade playing keys until Mother of Two recording your first mm. song and putting it on the, the internet, right? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to kind of paint the picture for, for mm. anyone listening who might want to do things that you're like what you're doing, right. releasing music onto yeah. Spotify and things like that. Because one thing I always want people to know is that things, especially when they're good, mm -hmm. like, like your music, they don't happen overnight. It's something that you kind of have to craft and hone for, for a long time. Yeah. And it, it sounds like that's what you did. You were constantly playing music. Mm -hmm. You were constantly writing things. And so you, you had the ability to write your song, Mama, which I really like. It's a very emotional song. <laughs> um, it hits me somewhere. Mm. Um, but um, okay, yeah. So oh, that's, that's good to know. Because yeah. I don't like hearing that people just did something successfully overnight no it sounds definitely not. not real yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and i i think especially in terms of like finding my own voice mm. i realized i didn't know my my voice my own voice 
because mm. like especially in the context of like korean worship mm -hmm. they sing really high <laughs> uh, uh -huh. and so i wasn't even singing in the register that i was like made for like my voice was made for oh. and so i discovered that about myself probably in kansas city not even too long ago oh, wow. within the last five years mm. um and then and then discovering even my own sound amongst among that right because mm -hmm. like again korean worship and then christian worship they all sound a certain way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah and so i would i would yeah anybody who's interested and in wanting to grow in that like seriously you just need to i don't know mm. just stick to it until yeah. it like changes into something that you like huh. <laughs> in a sense uh -huh. i don't know but it is yeah definitely a journey okay yeah so so mama was the first song that you put out there with the intention of other people hearing because you felt conviction about mm. kind of where you were as as a mother mm -hmm. and what that made you think about other other mothers out there is mm -hmm. that right yeah yeah okay because so, when i hear it i don't know why like i'm not a mother mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a father mm -hmm. but there's something about that song that really emotionally hits a register mm -hmm. especially that last is it verse where so because the whole time you're, you're singing from your perspective right like speaking to other mothers mm -hmm. but the last verse is that right mm -hmm. the last verse you're the chorus yeah right the mm -hmm. chorus mm -hmm. right you switch it up and you're speaking from the perspective of god right yeah saying like oh, like you know i'll give you rest right like, it, it doesn't take long mm -hmm. if you're in my arms mm -hmm. and that like really hits me because mm -hmm. i think that's something that anyone can relate to not yeah. just mothers but mm -hmm. um i think i've gotten a deeper appreciation of that song mm -hmm. after surely my wife had we, we had our baby right because i think it is true like some of the things you say like mm -hmm. um there was one line where, where you say, like, everyone's crying and no one else will do except mm -hmm. mom. Like, mm -hmm. there are days where I'm holding Aisley, our baby, yeah. and she's just, like, I can't comfort her the way that Shirley can sometimes. Right. So, yeah. Wow. For yes. any mothers out there who just need encouragement, <laughs> go listen to Mama. Yes, uh, it's, it's, it's for you. Yes. It's literally written for you. <laughs> yes. And then let's, let's get into your, your other song that I want to talk about together because mm. you released that as a single before the series of other songs that you released yeah, yeah. right and you you even have stickers um, with the line we are in this together mm -hmm. can you kind of speak on the heart behind that song yeah so um, that chorus actually came out of our mission trip to the caribbean islands oh. yeah it was it was a rough one it was mm. really difficult um just um yeah different dynamics like we all got sick uh i don't know if i should say this but we all got zika <laughs> like oh so gosh. like the majority of the team members wow. were like like that's how you know a lot of circumstantial stuff and then a lot of relational tensions too just mm. within the team and figuring figuring out what like family looks like but in the midst of that that was what um the where the chorus came from mm. we're like man you know it's just yeah we're we're really in we're here mm. we're here and we're in this together and um just the sometimes the courage that it takes for someone to start singing something out right metaphorically mm. and then the courage it takes to even join into that song um and then the unity that comes from that i wow. think is really what it it was trying to capture mm. um but then I actually ended up writing the verses and finishing the song for my sister's wedding. And um, it was, they had been through a lot too. Um, mm. My brother-in-law, so my sister's wife, uh, my sister's husband um, lost his father like oh, right wow. before the wedding, mm. um, pancreatic cancer. And, you know, it's just, mm. 
it was a rough time for them but like the song I felt like really captured just that heart of like men and like it's life is gonna be hard yeah it really is but um it's like a multi-perspective song also where we're singing it to one another but we're all but the father's also singing it over mm. us like the second verse in particular mm. um i wish i could promise you the skies will always be blue oh, yeah, but yeah. you know all that stuff um like he doesn't he doesn't fail you mm. know and he somehow uses that rain that seemingly is destroying us um to bring about something that's like really beautiful mm. you know like a like life you know right. coming from the ground so that's kind of the heart and like back backstory to it that's interesting because yeah. i i always felt like that song had mm-hmm. kind of a caribbean feel mm-hmm. to it is that the song where you're playing the ukulele yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah. so you is so that... it started on the uke yeah oh, that's how cool, it came cool. out mm-hmm. okay so i mean what what kind of challenges were there so you were in the caribbean and mm-hmm. you had Addie and dasa at the time yes. is that right so mm-hmm. what, what kind of besides the things that you kind of briefly mentioned what Mm. other challenges were there being a family on missions in like a foreign place Mm. um man for me personally um i think it was the dynamic of being like a supportive wife and then a strong mother for my children Mm. um as well as leading and taking care of and pastoring and shepherding these people right right and like everyone has needs and especially if you know if you're familiar with the mission field like once you go everything starts coming out (laughs) you know anything that you were polite with before anything you were able to like slide by like everything just starts coming out and um i think it was um yeah probably one of the main challenges was for me not to get lost in myself Mm. Um, which I probably failed at a lot too, because it was like, I, I was, I felt defeated a lot of the times, like, man, I don't know. I don't know that I'm doing a good enough job protect, protecting or, you know, like caring for my own children mm. in the midst of all these sicknesses. Dasa ended up breaking out with hand, foot and mouth there, oh my gosh. um, as well as the other kids mm. because one of the kids brought it over <laughs> and so we oh. all got it together the entire team had blisters on their hands wow. and like um yeah so i mean that was like the start of it mm. um and how long were you guys there uh, two months two months so yeah, it's a really long months. time to be yeah one month on each island wow okay yeah okay <laughs> okay so okay the uh, next song i want to ask you about um because because these songs obviously because you because of your faith your faith influences the music that you're making but i feel like this next song is uh, i mean of course your faith identity isn't lost in this song Mm -hmm. but it's 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 like a it's a love song Mm -hmm. at its at its core Mm -hmm. uh is it called no greater love yes so can you kind of because i i talked to your husband about the song (laughs) and Uh uh, i know his reaction to it when you first heard it but Mm -hmm. can you just kind of explain um your process and how you even thought of writing a song like that for your husband and um like yeah just what you were trying to portray or what part of your heart were you trying to portray Mm. when you when you wrote that song Mm -hmm. um it was for i think it was for our fourth year anniversary Mm. this was in kansas city and um i just i don't know i just thought to myself like what would be really meaningful to him and Mm. because he always championed my music and um yeah he just 
like he always complained that I never sing I never sing for him <laughs> <laughs> and so um yeah it was a super late night um and I ended up writing the song in one night yeah and oh, wow. it just um it came and then I wanted to shoot myself because I couldn't sing what I wrote because <laughs> it's a really loaded song. Uh, <laughs> um, just lyrically, you know, hmm. it's like really jam-packed in there and I couldn't like hold my breath for that long uh, for one line. <laughs> and I'm like, this, but it was good. I mean, uh, um, but I mean, yeah, my heart was just to, I just wanted John to feel mm. like, you know, feel loved. Mm. And I did mean everything in there. Uh, I remember when I tried, I talked to one of the producers in Kansas City and he heard the song. He's like, oh, you should change certain parts of the song so that it's more um, like relevant to everybody else because it's so personal, Ah, you know, so that every like someone can hear and they say, yeah, I can I can resonate with every Mm. little part. But things like you know, you wash you wash the hair off the sink and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like that stuff is still ongoing (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i love him for it so yeah okay yeah when when i talked to him because you performed it a few times Mm -hmm. uh, and i would have never guessed it i mean is it because you changed it up that you don't have a problem performing it no i just practiced practiced? oh okay wow wow. (laughs) yeah 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 and he he told me the first time he heard it he like bawled like a baby did he yeah that's what he said oh yeah i don't know maybe i wasn't there i'm pretty sure it was that song (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure well Uh we'll we'll clarify Uh we'll confirm with him later on (laughs) okay uh next song i want to talk to you about is uh love like love Mm. i have my theory on what your heart was on behind mm. what your heart behind that song was but mm-hmm. can you describe it first and then see i'll see mm, if i will yeah okay that. so the chorus of that one also um was written first mm-hmm. a number of years ago this was a while ago this was also back in kansas city and it was actually because i had we had gotten into an argument together john and i mm. um and uh like i was so frustrated i remember it was when i was washing the dishes and i was just like kind of grumbling to myself i was just like talking to myself under my breath i'm like "Mm, just man i wish you know but then you know once it all settles down like in the end i just want to be able to love him better Mm. and so that was just my prayer and then what what helped me to come around Mm -hmm. was like for the kids Uh. (laughs) i was like okay we can't live in tension i don't want to live i don't want to make that kind of atmosphere in my home Mm. even for the sake of my kids and that's why you know just think of the children <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. think of the babies but um but then it, get, it got deeper even be beyond that context of uh-huh. argument argument because that was like years ago hmm. but then i finished the song again just maybe a year ago when i was um singing for a concert it was uh, it was like a, a benefit kind of concert hmm. um and i decided i wanted to finish that song and so mm. I finished it that day and then sang it that night for the concert. Wow. Um, and it just, it it became something, yeah, I don't relate it to that argument anymore. Mm-hmm. It just became like um, just a deeper prayer, I think, for myself. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I love that one too. Mm. <laughs> Everything is just, you know, super special to me. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. uh, my theory was mm. I, I actually took it kind of uh, broader than mm. just you. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was kind of a, you were asking people in general, like mm. the, like the world to love better right oh yes yeah. so that's the heart is that the heart when i finished the song oh, I see, I <laughs> yeah because yeah. Yeah, the last line mm-hmm. where you're like 
I think just think of the babies mm-hmm. yeah it's like mm-hmm. oh think of the second like yes the next generation yes. and yeah we need to create a world that loves mm-hmm. better so that they can live in a better place yes, is that right precisely because ah, okay, <laughs> when you started talking about john i was like oh, was i completely off no, oh, okay. no that's um, just where it came from but yeah <laughs> gotcha gotcha and i feel like i'm missing a song in that smile mm. What's that song? Smile oh. for me. Yeah, smile for me. Yeah. Is that what? What is that song about? That one was when I was uh, feeding Hadassah uh-huh. when she was probably like nine months old, mm. and it just it literally came in that moment. I was as I was feeding her, uh, and oh. um, yeah, wow, those songs were just all kind of like I don't know one moment kind of things, mm. and. Um, she just had the sweetest smile mm. and she still does mm. but like when she was a baby she was just like stone cold face but then whenever she looked at me she would smile <laughs> and mm. it was just the sweetest thing it, it just like melted my heart and mm. I, my songs mostly are multi like multi-perspective mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where once i finished writing the song in my perspective for her um I heard it again for myself and I was like, whoa, this is something that God is speaking, uh, you know, singing over me. Yeah. And again, more meaning, different, right. you know, different meaning. <laughs> yeah, because uh-huh. when I think about that song, it, it almost sounds like a lullaby kind yeah. of. It has a very soft touch to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think I was on the nose on that one. I, I, mm-hmm. I figured you wrote it like while you were interacting with one of your daughters. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. That's so cute. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, are those all the songs on that album? Am I missing? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay, then mm-hmm. the song, this is my personal favorite song that you've released so far. Mm-hmm. I first heard it at your church mm-hmm. when you guys were having a, was it Valentine's Day? Was it, was it? No, was it Christmas? Was it Christmas? It was, it was, there was, a, you guys were doing an event. Yeah. You guys were doing something and mm-hmm. you performed the song. Mm-hmm. And everyone who was sitting at my table they ended up crying mm. the first time they heard it mm. and this is this song is unique in the fact that it's actually all in korean mm. right um it's called we, we talked about it before it's called mm-hmm. if the heart could speak yeah and could you just talk about kind of your heart behind that song um so let's see uh well i think it has to i have to lead into my personal story mm-hmm. a little bit yeah, um uh when we moved to georgia it was a, a big part of it was to uh for the sake of our family and mm-hmm. um what we believed that god wanted to do uh for us and um we found that as god was bringing us back into the korean church that a lot of the issues and you know the things that that we face in the church are actually stemmed from the family Uh, Mm. And so the Korean church issues are really Korean family issues. Mm. And so a lot of what uh, that looked like for us, meaning um, like we knew, okay, so God wants to bring restoration in in both of these areas, but Mm. what does that look like? And for me personally, it looked like me coming back into my family. Mm. Me um, just, you know, being open to see what God wanted to do there. And that has been a journey. Mm. (laughs) Uh, We my parents and I, we uh, and our family lived together in New York for about a year before we parted ways. They came down here to Georgia and we went to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And in that year, a lot came up and a lot was done in terms of healing and all that, but it was just the beginning of it. Mm. And so this time around, when we all said yes to coming back together, it was in full sobriety (laughs) of like, okay, do we want to do that again even? But I think because we all um, were for, or we all said yes to what God had in mind, Mm. um, that... Yeah, I think it's just been really special and really deep in terms of what God has done in my relationship with my parents. Mm. Um, when you when you talk about some of the issues within the Korean church mm-hmm. that are rooted in the Korean family, like what what, what are some of those issues specifically you, mm. that you've seen? Um, surface things we can, you know, we can say it's culture. Mm. We can say it's language barrier. We can say. Um, you know, those differences, but I think it really stems down to, um, man, I think it stems down to like, we haven't entered into that, like that vulnerable place together. Mm -hmm. Like we, like, that's what the song is about. Like Mm -hmm. if my heart could speak, like if we weren't talking about all the issues and the outer things and like you know, using blaming and, you know, the outer stuff. If we learn to speak really what our heart was feeling, then I feel like, you know, a lot of, even it just in that conversation alone, that a lot of things would be undone. Mm. A lot of things that we feel like our problems are not even problems. Mm. For example, I remember uh, feeling like most of my life that my mom was not proud of me (laughs) Uh, you know just straight up you know i just felt like i never could measure up we just had different values Mm. um like i'm a heart to heart like i need to sit down have quality time with you we need to be able to speak genuinely um and my mom's like very like high priority on being on time being clean you know being like all and i'm like really bad at that stuff naturally (laughs) i'm a total p for you myers-briggs out there like i like yeah that's all my life you know Mm. i'm always losing something forgetting something whatever it is and um and and because of those differences you know i always felt like i never really measured up and Mm. and she always thought of me of as like a I don't know, just like a really poor quality human being, <laughs> you know? Mm, and right. and then she felt like I never honored her. She mm. felt like I disrespected her. She felt like I, I thought like the worst of her as a parent, uh-huh. you know? It just, it, but then like we had the, some of those conversations where I began to say, like I began to communicate, not in an accusatory tone, but like in sharing my heart. Mm-hmm. But it was so interesting the way that she would respond. Like it wasn't, it wasn't in the way that I hoped for, but it was like something like, of course, I would ex- expect that out of you because that's what I, it was like, mm. you know, because I think highly of you. That was oh, the in between the lines. I see. Yeah. And so then wow. I started hearing what she was actually saying, mm. even when she was accusing me or, th- or like, um, I don't know, saying hurtful words on the outside. Right. I, I began to, 
like grow this ear for oh when she says this she actually means this right, yeah and then i wasn't offended anymore i would be like oh I, i would be able to receive her love even if it came out in like toxic words right. i would still be able to take it in as oh my mom loves me mm. she wants the best for me yeah you know and stuff like that so yeah i think <laughs> um in between generations even if you speak the same language there's mm -hmm. already like that generational cultural difference that yeah. you kind of have to break through. But the challenge that Korean Americans have mm -hmm. is we have language barrier. Mm -hmm. We have distinctive cultural barriers because the second generation were more Americanized. Right. First generation, they hold on to their kind of traditional values from Korea. Right. I mean, because the difference between Eastern and Western culture is Eastern is more family oriented, mm -hmm. uh, uh, collective oriented, whereas yeah. Western, it's more individual. Right. right. So. I feel like, yeah, when, when we do communicate kind of across generations like that, there's so many things we have to put different lenses on mm. to really decipher what they're trying to say. Because mm. um, your experience of not feeling like you're not uh, uh, living up to your parents' expectations and, and your parents saying, I don't think you honor me. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty representative of yeah. a lot of first and second generation mm. relationships. So it's it's really interesting that you, that you say that you kind of had to learn to develop an ear mm -hmm. for learning and figuring out what they're actually saying yeah. right because korean parents they're not super affectionate right right and i've only i don't think i've ever heard my dad say he's proud of me mm -hmm. in those words right but he he's said other things yes that, implies it right yeah like, oh that that what he's saying there he actually is saying that he is proud of me yes yeah my, my dad actually got a lot softer mm -hmm. after he had his heart attack But mm. like back in the day, yeah, he he was a <laughs> wanjan, like completely like that typical Korean right. uh, father figure. Mm. Um, so, oh wow! So, when when did you decide that you needed to start talking to your parents? Because mm. I think that's the that's one thing that a lot of Korean second generation Korean Americans don't even really think to do. Right. A lot of my friends they just stopped talking to their parents about. They only really talk about surface level things. Mm -hmm. Hello, how are mm -hmm. you doing? But now that my friends my age are just out in the world by themselves, not living with their parents anymore, they don't really feel they need those deeper conversations. But how, how did you come to the determination that you needed to have those conversations? Mm, um, I think it came in phases for me. Like mm. even as a, I think a college student, I think... Um, when I realized that my faith can no longer just look like it in certain contexts mm. that it needs to actually, you know, show, yeah. um, in like, especially family life, because I feel like that's the, that's like the, the place that we will allow ourselves to be as we truly are. Mm. And that was sobering to me mm. because I was like, man, I'm like this worship leader outside. Like I'm this, you know, christian like <laughs> club president or whatever you know <laughs> right. and, and then like but what 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 do you, what does your life look like inside the house you mm -hmm. know how are you interacting with your parents and like you know something as simple as cleaning your room like i really got convicted of that mm -hmm. at, you know during my like college year no high school to college years um that all of that counts in terms of like christian living right um and so that was where it began but then also growing up i think engagement going into marriage and all these like issues coming up mainly between me and my mom mm -hmm. um 
I think it did come to a point where it was so painful that I did just want to walk away from it. Mm. I I did say to myself at one point, I was like, yeah, I'll just get married off and I won't have to deal with it. Like we'll be cordial with each other. We won't fight and all that stuff. But um, God had different plans, you know? I think he's so good that he will not let us settle for anything less Mm. than like true wholeness right like as much as i said that in the at that time that's not what i truly want right Right. and none of us do truly want that Mm. life of like you know pseudo relationship and you know not really being a family um i think we all want it um and so i think i think through the problems and a lot a lot of the times through the fights is how i got there Mm. (laughs) yeah so you kind of just went head on knowing that there would be friction in on the on, offset but mm-hmm. you you just said just keep going through it yeah and, okay to, oh. for me i was like i would rather fight mm. than us just kind of like live life not really addressing these things and not even being connected because in a sense like even the fighting was proof that we were still connected mm. yeah yeah wow that's deep. I like that. <laughs> so it, it was a, through a series of convictions mm-hmm. and, and just you recognizing that you didn't really want what you thought you wanted, which mm-hmm. was to just kind of walk away from that relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I really hope that all the second generation Korean Americans <laughs> out there hear that. Mm-hmm. So just to um, kind of talk about the song itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know the first half of it is mm-hmm. from the perspective of the parent to their child, right? Yes. The, first generation parent to the second generation child right mm-hmm. and the line that always gets me is like i'm proud of you mm-hmm. when you say i'm proud of you um and I, it it and that building up to that the first i think the first or second line is the the parent saying if if i can be vulnerable mm-hmm. for once right mm-hmm. if i can kind of open myself up for once and i want to say this to you mm-hmm. is that was that inspired by a conversation that you had with your parents or is that just kind of how you have your developed ear Mm. took in the things that your parents were saying um yeah it was my developed ear Mm. um uh yeah with my dad it's different so mainly i'm talking about my relationship with my mom that's where i had more of the turbulence Mm. um but I yeah I learned to hear those things. Mm. I realize even in her actions and and um, yeah in her words, even if it wasn't like outright that way, mm. like I knew that was her heart, and it was, I, man, I like, I wept over you know even writing it mm. because I wanted to bring that relief for her. Because I came to a place where I realized that it's not that they they aren't willing to say it. They don't know how yeah, to say it. Yeah. And that like is really like I can get emotional if I just think about it a little right. bit longer. You know, yeah. like um, as much as we often like blame or are, are like just, you know, frustrated that our parents can't do that for mm. us. It's not that they don't want to, it's that they literally can't. They don't know how. It mm. was it wasn't it wasn't done for them. And more so, I think they're just they've lived in such a survival mentality 
in order for us to have a life yeah that like that emotional part of them mm. is just so buried deep mm. but they still feel the effects of it meaning they're still stressed they're still feeling depressed but they don't they don't have any words for it right but they'll just continue living life because that's what they had to do for us mm. and so i when when i wrote those lyrics it was like man mom i want to be able to say this for you oh yeah yeah and, and that's what got me like <laughs> yeah. you know completely wrecked but actually i can resonate also as a parent to my child um and so uh, yeah just getting hit on both ends mm. <laughs> and i think the other line in that first half of the song that really gets me is when the parent is saying i'm sorry i couldn't protect you mm -hmm. um like uh, what are the words in korean um was it like i couldn't shield you from the pain is mm -hmm. that is that um, because i was i was so busy like trying to like survive pretty much right, right? and that i think it really encapsulates uh, what you were talking about just now how mm -hmm. um, our parents who don't really know the language who came to a new country mm -hmm. they were in survival mode so some of the emotional things that we were going through mm -hmm. they weren't always super attuned to right. and couldn't really I, I don't want to, I don't want this to sound bad, but like they couldn't really bother with, right? Mm -hmm. Because they had other things. They were trying to set up a life for us, yeah. set up stability for us. So right. yeah, when I hear that part, I get, I get so emotional. Mm. I went through like an emo phase mm. when I was in middle school and <laughs> mm -hmm. high school. Mm -hmm. um, like always like listening to like sad songs. And um, I, I didn't even know that I resented my parents for not being able to mm. like relate to me mm. in, in those, in those moments. Mm. So when I heard that line, I was like, oh man like yeah i'm sure if my parents knew my heart mm. then they would feel sorry like that they couldn't right. help me throughout those times right yeah, yeah. Ugh, such a good song mm. yeah. <laughs> um this, the second half of the song mm. is is a child singing back to the parent yes and this it really is it's both convicting mm -hmm. and uh heartwarming mm. um because the I feel like the song really does as as much as we gen second gen Korean Americans like to think we are more vocal mm -hmm. and more open emotionally. Yeah. I think you sing a lot of things that I've never been able to say to my parents either. Mm -hmm. You know? So is that kind of why is is that kind of the place that you came from as well? Mm -hmm. Um things that you couldn't really say to your parents that you wanted to say or no, actually, I have said it. To oh, them. yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I write letters to my parents. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you write them in Korean? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I, ha yeah, so I, I've said those things to them mm. before. Like, man, I wish, even now, you know, mm. like, I, I wish that I could be better for you. Mm. Like, you know, they're working. They they were in ministry all their lives, and they're working right now. Mm. And I've, I, I wish that wasn't the case. I mm. wish I was you know, better off financially to have them rest, you know, things mm. like that, that I still carry as a daughter, you know, mm. um, um, and I want them to know that mm. I, I don't want, because if, if I'm not saying it, mm. then it's just silence. Right. And in the silence, I think oftentimes we misunderstand like, oh, they're taking it for granted mm. or, but just like that simple, literally just one little sentence or, I don't know, even if it's through the lines that we have to like read it from each other, yeah. that when you put something out there, then it brings so much more of this like this understanding mm. and this relief 
knowing like, wow, we really are for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't even remember what, where that came from, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just the heart from yeah. where, where it came from. The, the line that convicted me the most is when you say, I'm sorry, I couldn't, well, this is a rough translation, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry I couldn't live up to your expectations. Mm. Because I, I have this thing with my mom. Um, I mean, my mom, she's the sweetest woman ever. Mm. She uh, comes to our house every day to watch her baby mm. while we're working every day. Mm-hmm. And something that she always says is, man, you know, you were really smart when you were in high school. <laughs> if you studied a little bit more, you could have gone to like Ivy League or Aww. something. Like that's something that she says. But I always, I'm always just like, oh, why do you say that? Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm I'm where I want to be. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. But there is always a part of me that thinks, man, maybe maybe she's right. Like my parents sacrificed so much for me mm-hmm. to have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I almost feel like I kind of squandered it by mm-hmm. not uh, doing as well as what she thought I could have. Mm-hmm. Like not living up to the potential that she saw in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that it's, it's it's convicting in the sense that. I, I could have done better as a child, yeah. but it's also freeing in that, um, yeah, just having that heart, uh, just knowing that as a child and knowing that um, others are going through that same struggle. Mm. It just, it's it's one of those hurdles that you kind of have to pass in order to reconcile and yeah. you know, repair those parts of the relationship, right? Right. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, this, I, I really feel like this, whenever I, listen to the song like i've listened to it maybe a hundred times already <laughs> but even now when i listen to it mm. like i tear up at certain lines yeah. and certain parts because it hits so hard i resonate with it so well and mm-hmm. yeah it, it really does capture the 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 struggle of first gen second gen mm-hmm. relationships in america yeah I said this on uh instagram i said if there's a song that's mm-hmm. going to bring reconciliation to the first and second gen this is a song. Amen. Yeah. It's such a good song. It's <laughs> so great. Um, and before uh, we get, we run out of time, I, I wanted to talk about Anchor. Mm. And I, I do have to confess, this is, that that song is the song that I've heard least mm. um, because I'm still in that, yeah. I'm still listening to that. Yeah. Um, but, and it also sounds like all the songs that you write, they, mm. they happen pretty fast. The writing mm. process is pretty fast. Mm. Um I know it took you a while to arrange mm-hmm. but Anchor, you, you, apparently you guys knocked that out in, like you said, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, so how did the, the process for that happen? Like what was the step-by-step and mm-hmm. what was the heart behind that song? Um, so the, the recording of it mm-hmm. happened in like close to a little, little less than an hour, mm-hmm. but I, I had written it just a couple months ago. Um, it was from a really deeply personal place, you know, mm. just of uh, me recognizing that uh, I I've I realized about myself that I had to be strong for all of my life, mm. or even if I didn't have to be, that I remained strong, mm. and um, and it was something that um, that was being undone inside mm. of me, and so just like allowing myself to become weak and allowing myself um to just just be okay with that and just be and not try to fix anything Mm. and um yeah it was it was a song that that like god was singing over me in that time um yeah so i i didn't really anticipate 
<laughs> so much of it like being for others mm. but i think it's so necessary actually you know for for what god really wants to do in mm. us which is like really deliver us from ourselves <laughs> wow. from our own efforts and our own striving and like all this strength that we had to add upon um ourselves mm. just to just to keep going mm. you know so so when you say anchor mm -hmm. what is the what does the anchor represent he's the anchor okay he's the anchor okay, yeah. okay gotcha yeah. yeah wow but i think it also can relate in a sense to what you know community is for one mm -hmm. another too mm -hmm. um so again multi-perspective yeah um but yeah i wrote that at home um I, I think in in one of the days yeah one day <laughs> mm. and then wow. um i actually sent that recording out that was like that i did all, just on my voice memo or it was like a camera thing oh, wow. like a ghetto camera you know <laughs> like shooting my ceiling uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but i ended up sending that ghetto recording to a lot of my friends because i i realized that god was doing the same thing mm. <laughs> you know in so many people mm -hmm. Um, and then that's when I realized, okay, then I should get this recorded. I see. But then it happened to be that Stephen asked me. And so I was like, yes. And wow. it just, yes, it happened. So it, it sounds like all your songs have a root in a deeply personal place. Yes. You write out kind of your heart mm -hmm. and then you find ways and you look at it and you say, wow, this isn't just me, my personal story. This, mm -hmm. a lot of people could relate to, to this and you yeah. kind of package it in that way. Mm-hmm. And then you really set out into the world. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it, it sounds like most of your songs you wrote within a day. Is that right? Is that um, how fast it takes? But sometimes there were like really long lulls in between. <laughs> right, right. You but then write usually, like a chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much later. I, right, I right. See, I but see. then usually like the bulk of it happens in the time that like I zone in, you know. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Dang. That's, that's awesome. You know, I, I was thinking about this as I was talking. Because I, it, it sounds like you speak through your music mm. and I feel like I speak through this podcast mm. and in the sense that like when I was talking to you about uh, your song, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know, like, I don't, I can't see myself talking to you about that just in life, mm. right? But then because we're on this podcast, yeah, I'm yeah, able yeah. to like talk to you about how it affected me and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I guess... Uh, it's all about finding a medium to, to yeah, speak in your Yeah, no, eyes. I'm really thankful for that. For yeah. me too. I, it was like right before we started, I'm yeah. like, when else would we have intentional right, conversation right. like this, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, so I'm really thankful. Yeah, and I'm yeah. really thankful for, for the music that you're putting out there because mm. I really do... Because the reason... So I've been trying to have you on this podcast for a very long time, mm. uh, way before the, your latest two songs that you released. Mm -hmm. It's because I feel like your music always has a genuine heart behind it mm. and i wanted people to know really where it came from I, I, it's evident in the music but also just from from the the writer's mouth mm -hmm. right um where where it came from how it developed and what you hope um it's speaking to people's lives so right. thank you so much for uh for doing that for us yes and, i really appreciate that that's yeah. that's my heart so yeah, yeah awesome. thank you for the platform is there anything that um i didn't bring up that you wanted to talk about I don't think so. No? No. Okay. So, mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, we're past the hour mark, so uh, we'll just wrap it up here. Once again, thank you so much for coming. Um, I don't know, listeners, I don't know if you were able to hear the, the faint sounds of babies crying in the background. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, there's four babies downstairs, uh, so it was 
sure it was pretty hectic. Yes. Shout outs to true. Shirley and John. For, yes, thank you. Yeah, for taking Spouses. care of them while we're doing this. Um, <laughs> guys, if uh, any of what we talked about today resonated with you and you want to send us feedback, uh, feel free to do so. You can do so on email at ihthtpodcast at gmail.com. That's I hope they hear this abbreviated. Or on Instagram at I, I hope they hear this. Or on Twitter at ihthtpodcast. Um, any messages or any questions that you may have for Lydia, I mean, you can follow her on her Instagram at mm-hmm. Lydia Yoon Music. Yes. That's Yoon with Y-O-O-N. Correct. Your maiden name is Y-U-N, right? Yes, it is. I was, okay, funny, <laughs> quick funny story. I saw your, I think your email is still Y-U-N. Oh, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And On my Gmail. I, I literally saw that and I said, did she have a typo trying to spell out <laughs> her own name? But I later found that it was her maiden name. Good thing we were not born two two decades ago, or else uh, I wouldn't have married my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Why? They, it was illegal in Korea. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. oh good thing. Yeah. God's timing. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, follow her on Instagram, and, and I'm sure she's okay with interacting with people. Um, yes. Um, if if not, if you want to go through me for whatever reason, <laughs> I'm happy to be a messenger. So yes, send us any feedback, and thank you guys so much for listening. And if I haven't made it abundantly clear already, please, please go listen to Lydia's music. Um, just search for her, uh, Lydia Yoon, on Spotify. And man, I, my favorite is 심장이 말한다면. Is 심장이 말한다면? Is that right? Yeah. Um, but all the songs are great. So just pick any one of them and listen mm-hmm. to them. And you'll be doing yourself and your years a favor. So yeah, thank you guys for, for listening. Thank you, Lydia, for coming. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>